right, well, today we're going to start a new series. It's called Issues with God, and we're going to be looking at just some of the issues that impact ourselves, impact our families, people that we love, and uh, issues that are kind of important. Therefore, they have a lot of different opinions swirling around them, kind of adds to that uh, confusion sometimes that we've talked about that's out there in the world. Well, we're going to be looking at these issues uh, with God as our resident expert. We're going to be looking at these issues from a biblical perspective uh, so that we can just start to see some of these issues uh, from God's uh, point of view. We're going to be looking for the next two weeks at social media and the internet and how those things can really impact our self-esteem and also uh, how important it is to develop some kind of foundation through which we can look at all that information uh, with a critical eye. So that's for two weeks. Uh, two weeks after that, for two weeks, we'll be looking at the issue of sex. And I see that everybody's eyes just went up, which is, that's encouraging. We're going to be looking at sex, its purpose, and its promise when it is handled properly, again, from God's point of view. Uh, for three weeks after that, we're going to be looking at heaven, what it is, where it is, and how getting there is linked to our purpose in our lives today. And then finally, on that final week, we're going to be looking at why it is that we sometimes have problems with what God has to say, that sometimes we have issues with God in that sense, and whether or not that's a good thing. Just a little spoiler alert, I think that in some ways it is a good thing that God has given us the ability to see things and reason out things and even challenge God. So that's where we're going to be going for the next uh, few weeks. Um, today, we're going to be looking again, as I say, at social media. And I want to begin that discussion by reading you just a little bit from Psalm 139. As we think about our self-esteem, how it's affected by things outside of us, but maybe where some of that self-esteem should come from. Psalm 139 says this, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is the word of God for the people of God today. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, yeah, as I say, we're going to be looking at this issue of self-esteem and uh, social media. And the thing is, all of us, whether we're young or whether we're old, if you've been paying attention for the last 20 years, you know that more and more of us are spending more and more time online or in that social media space. Uh, young people, teenagers, actually spend about nine hours a day. 
somehow interacting with uh, the internet. Most of that time is spent streaming music or watching videos, but about a third of that, about three hours, is spent interacting with social media. That means Facebook, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, TikTok, those kinds of ways that young people especially reach out and interact with the outside world. Now, social media itself is not a new thing. From about the middle, before the middle of the 19th century all the way through the 20th century, all media was social media. Beginning in that period of time, there was mass printing, uh, there was television and radio, of course, that kind of, of brought everybody's perspective closer together. But prior to that, all media was social media, people getting together, sharing their opinions, sharing their views, coming to their conclusions, telling about the information that they had learned. And sometimes that information was correct, sometimes it wasn't. Well, now we're back in that social media space. Most of us get our information from social media. And that just means that there's now been this big explosion of opinion, of information, of views, and again, some are, are correct and some aren't. Now, this explosion of information and this ability to share opinions and share information with each other, that can be really, really great. For instance, it has been wonderful recently to hear the voices of dissidents in Cuba, people who are crying out for freedom through social media, to hear their very voices. It's been super important to get unfiltered information on the ground from Afghanistan in these past couple of weeks. Gone are the days, in other words, where three television networks or a handful of newspapers could curate and control the way that we receive the news. So that's the good side. But the bad side is, and this is where it begins to affect us personally, when those opinions and those views and all that information begins to become about us or begins to move us in a direction of envying people around us, that's when it begins to mess with our self-esteem. That's when it can have an effect on our self-worth. And that's when we need to start to think about what are we doing? Are we spending too much time in that social media space? Now, the fact is, in that social media space, and you all know this, people are a lot less likely to be as kind as they might otherwise be. When we are interacting with someone face-to-face, -face, uh, we begin to modulate what we say and whether or not we say what's on our mind. We do that because we're built to take in all kinds of cues from our environment. We're looking as we speak to people, to people's eyes, to their body language, to how they're reacting to what we're saying. We're wondering to ourselves, do I even have the right to voice the opinion that's in my head? Have I earned that right with this person through a real relationship? But that doesn't happen online. As you know, people, especially young people, can post something about their lives and then have that attacked online. People are a lot less likely to get plugged into their natural empathy when they're 
interacting with people online. Um, this can have really devastating and tragic uh, effects. You all know stories, but I'll just offer one of a young man in Texas. His name was David, and he was a nice young man and a very promising young man, but 15, 16 years old. And for a long period of time, for some reason, a bunch of bullies online decided that they wanted to attack David. And they went about that relentlessly, day and night, day after day after day, tearing him down, sending him uh, mean messages, threatening messages by text. The accumulative effect of that relentless attack over a long period of time led this boy, David, to actually despair and take his own life. Now, some of us will sit here and go, man, how could anybody allow someone's opinions like that or just what they're saying to drag us down that far? But listen, remember what it was like when you were 15. Remember how, how much you craved affirmation. How important it was to you to begin to somehow define yourself and find out who you were and how you were looking for cues from other people. In that social media space, in this case, it had a devastating impact on this young man. His brother wrote this online after his, uh, his brother David took his life. He said, Today, bullies don't push you into lockers. They don't tell their victims to meet them behind the school dumpster after class. They cower, remember that word, they cower behind fake names and fake profiles from miles away, constantly berating and abusing good, innocent people. Now, obviously, this is an extreme case. But this kind of cowering behind a fake profile, behind a fake personality in order to attack others, that happens on social media in that space all the time in ways that are this devastating, but then all the way down, ways that begin to impact a young person or an older person's self-esteem. The fact is, those relationships that we develop or that we have in that social media space, they suffer from being unreal. The relationships, the people, those lives that we see before us in all of those posts, they are curated, aren't they? They're fragments of a life. People mostly post their best selves, their best moments, the things that they think are going to make them sound most intelligent, keep them on the right side of an issue, make them look the best. I mean, we all kind of do that. But what that means is the relationships we have are fundamentally unreal. 
And that can lead to some real devastating impacts, especially as we compare our lives to those curated lives, lives that we know are not perfect. We know that we're failures in some ways. We know that we're struggling in one way or another, but we begin to compare ourselves to those lives that look so good. And when young people do this especially, it can be so damaging to their self-esteem. We begin to be sucked into the world's definition of self-worth and self-esteem. Now, I've heard it expressed this way, and I think it's a pretty uh, good definition of the world's view of where our self-worth comes from. If you want to put that slide up for me. Thank you. That self-esteem equals performance plus others' opinions. Self-esteem equals performance plus others' opinions. That performance means, you know, how we're doing in the world or how people think we're doing in the world. And other people's opinions are other people's opinions about those things. Now, that performance can be that life that we're posting online. That's the performative aspect of these relationships that we have online. And other people's opinions can be really hurtful, obviously. The thing about it is, with this idea of where our self-worth comes from, it's all so variable. We know that our performance is not always going to measure up, especially to us. And we know that people's opinions of us can go up and down and be influenced by all kinds of things. When people have this model as their model, their measure for self-worth, it's a very rickety bridge without a solid foundation, without another kind of, of way of looking at where our self-worth comes from. And luckily, God gives us that. God says this. He says, Nikayla, that our self-esteem equals God's declarations about us. It's not about our performance. It's not about other people's opinions. It's about God's declarations about us. That's where our self-worth has to begin with what God says. And what God says about us is pretty remarkable. In the very first chapter of uh, Genesis, God says this. God created human beings in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every other living creature that moves on the ground. So God begins by making this declaration about you and me that we are made in his image. We are made to reflect who God is. The way a mountain range can be reflected in a still pool of water. We are made to reflect the glory of God. He's given us self-awareness, a conscience, the ability to reason and even control to an extent our environment. And not just our physical environment, but inside, our thoughts, our emotions, our soul. God has given us that power over all other creatures. 
were made in the image of God. And as this passage also implies, he blessed all that was around, but then blessed us to be in control of that, co-regents with God in uh, stewarding all of his creation. So God makes us in his image, and he made everything that you see around you and everything that he's created for you. God has made us in his image and made everything that we see for us. Psalm 8 says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what are human beings that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. But you made them just a little lower than the heavenly beings. God has made all of this for you, for you, for you. Beyond that. God has put inside of us, in that image of God in us, a desire for the sacred, a desire to reach for perfection, to be perfect. He's put within us this desire to be holy as God is holy. But it doesn't end there. God gives us his image. God puts that spirit within us, his own spirit. But he also respects us and loves us enough to tell us the truth. The truth that we know deep down, but we may not always hear or feel as going on around us. The truth that even as we aspire for perfection, aspire to greatness, we will not attain it now. That we struggle, that we do fail, that we do fall down, and God tells us it's okay. That's part of living in this fallen world. So he tells us we're made in his image, we aspire for perfection. We're not quite going to get there, but then he tells us something that we're never going to hear or most likely not hear in those social media uh, relationships or anywhere else. God says that even though we are imperfect, he loves us. He loves us. And that may be a surprise to some of you or some of you out there who grew up in churches where you felt like actually you weren't loved or actually God was waiting for you to live up to some measure or maybe you needed to perform for God to receive his love. But that's not true. That's not what he says. In our imperfection, he loves us. And in our imperfection, he will never ridicule us or reject us. God has gone so far, and this is the beautiful thing. This is the third thing. God has gone so far as to give his son as a sacrifice in return for those sins so that we might live with God into eternity. God thinks so much of you that he would give his son, that he would be able to live with you forever. God so loved the world, he gave his son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. 
God's made us in his image. He tells us the truth about ourselves. But then he gives us the good news about himself. That he loves us no matter what. Our self-worth doesn't come from our performance or the opinions of others. It comes from God's performance on our behalf to make us in his image and make everything for us. It comes from God's opinion of us that we are worth, you are worth dying for. God gives us one big, eternal, universal, love-laden like. And that's really, really, if we think about it, all we need. When we can base our self-worth upon God's performance for us, when we can base our self-worth on God's opinion of us, we're a lot less likely to need to go looking anywhere else for affirmation. We're a lot less likely to need to go to social media for likes or a lot less likely to look for people out there who are liked less so that we can make ourselves feel better. In fact, when we can start to see ourselves in the way God sees us, when we can start to have our self-worth built upon what God has done for us and what God says about us, then we're a lot more likely to post that way online too to read the things that are out there, but to also post online in ways that glorify God. We might even be able to start making posts that would pass the Apostle Paul's seal of approval, where he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, post about those things. He doesn't say post about those things, but he would say post about those things. Post about the things that glorify God. And let everybody around you know that you know that they are made in God's image and that God thinks the world of them. Now, I know but if you're out there today, you might be listening to this and thinking, okay, that's really nice. Those are really cool churchy words, and those are lots of nice cool words. But I don't believe in God. And really all I can say to that is there's plenty of evidence for the existence of God. But ultimately, whether you believe that there is a God who loves you who cares for you and thinks the world of you, whether you believe in that God or not, is a matter of choice. But it's a choice that can do wonders for your self-esteem and probably help out all of those other people who are around you upon whom you have influence to believe that there's that God who thinks that much of you. That is a good choice. To make. Well, next week we're going to continue. We're going to move on in this. We're going to be looking at 
uh, the internet and how that, that floodgate of information that we can find online uh, is, again, really great, but how we can develop a few tools for looking at it, approaching it uh, from God's point of view with a critical eye. But this week, I invite you as you go forward to remember those words, to read these words, or memorize these words from Psalm 139. He says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. His works, the works he's made for you in creation, his wonderful work that he has made called you. All those things. God has done for us today. Let's praise that God and let's let our self-worth flow from the knowledge that this God has made us in His image. That even though we're imperfect, He lifts us up. And that He has given His Son that we may be with Him into eternity. He has given us that one big eternal Love-laden life. That's for you. For you. For you.